Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of the City Confessions. I have Amanda Munns. She is an entrepreneur and founder of the Fashion Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that combines fashion and charitable giving. So hello and welcome. Thank you for having me. So you guys, I just met her maybe like five minutes ago, (laughs) but we realized we have a mutual friend and Gina, if you are listening, hello. We also think you just gave birth so congratulations (laughs) we think we think because you kind of went MIA so I I think you will and and also this episode will be airing maybe like two three weeks from now so yes Gina congrats on your little baby boy I can't wait to meet him but back to the podcast (laughs) so Amanda why don't you begin by just telling the listeners a little bit about who you are what you do and your like little bio okay so um I basically When I was in high school, I was really into fashion design. I went to a trade school for it. So I spent like half of my day going to fashion design and merchandising school and the other half at like a regular high school. And I like dreamed of going to FIT. I dreamed of being in the fashion industry and I got into FIT and I landed my first internship in fashion at 16 years old, which is like unheard of in any industry. And I stayed there for five years. So again, like kind of unheard of in any industry. I was a paid intern, obviously. Um, But even at 16, like my parents would literally drop me off to school and then have to bring me to my internship because I couldn't even drive yet. And then they would have to come pick me up because I didn't have a car. So yeah, it was like the... Wait, that really is unheard of because I, um, my background a little bit, I wanted to be in fashion as well. And I had um, fashion internships, but they were unpaid. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that time, there was still this big controversial like topic of, you know, are you getting school credit? Is that sufficient and all that? But the fact that you were paid starting since day one, yep, that's impressive, girl. So the first, like, I want to say first three months, I was unpaid because it was a school credit program within my trade school at, like, my fashion mm-hmm. school. But still, like, I was 16 years old working at this, like, corporate swimwear company while my friends were, like, working at the supermarket. And I had, like, a Monday through Friday type of job. There was no weekends, no nights, no holidays, which... As a teenager, I feel like you're supposed to work at like an ice cream shop. And I was in this corporate environment. But I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to ask how, like, first of all, how did you land that? And second, do you think your like work ethic did it stem from like your personality, how you were raised? Like, tell me about that. Yeah. So I got the internship because my fashion class, we went on a field trip there. They were based on Long Island and they had a showroom in the city. So we went on this field trip. My teacher actually used to work there. So we kind of had this in at the company. We did a walkthrough. They were talking to us and they, I think they had told the teacher that they were looking for interns and she had suggested me. And like, since I was a kid, I'm I'm a very mature person. Like I was never the type to like, 
like be a crazy kid. I was always just like ahead. Like I always remember sitting at the adult table, never at like the kids <laughs> table. So like I'm definitely mature. Right. So we think like my work ethic from when I was a kid, it was just I acted older than I was. Mm. So I fit in at 16 years old because I acted professional. I had a good work ethic. I was the youngest person at the company probably until I was 20 years old. So we would have like holiday parties. I would be at the holiday party and everyone would be drinking. And I'd be like 17 years old, couldn't even drive. Like I didn't have a parking spot. And it was just like surreal looking back. But I think I was just lucky to land it. And I was a good intern. That's why they kept me for so long. And I think that's what like, what made me stay and what made them keep me is if you have a good employee, whether they're an intern or 16 or whatever, you keep them as long as you can. So it just like, it worked all around. I had a great relationship with the owner, with all of the departments. So I had so much experience by the time I even got to college that like everything I was learning in school, I had already learned in real life. And then I started to like learn more about the industry and my friends and all that. And I just constantly saw this trend of like, designers and fashion in general just have too many samples that no one knows what to do with. Like all of these products just sit in showrooms and everyone's trying to figure out like, do we throw them in the garbage? Do we donate them? Do we sell them? So I finished up at FIT and I was just about to graduate. And I had this epiphany because I remember being in one of my internships and having to throw samples in the garbage. And I was like, there has to be a better way. Like I can't spend the rest of my life doing this. I don't see that anymore. So I kind of had that like aha moment of like, okay, I'm not going to get a job after school and I'm going to go start a charity. And I told my parents this, I was like, literally, I had studied fashion for the last six years between college and, and um, high school. And I told them about my idea and they were like, what? <laughs> like you're not going to get a job are you sure you don't want to get a job like I had job offers from the industry and I just I didn't do it but then I told them I was going to get my master's in public administration and they were like okay well you have a path so that's fine and I went on to Baruch to get my master's in public administration and I kind of learned like okay I had the fashion experience but I didn't even know where to start to start a charity like nobody knows people who start charities <laughs> like not until you're older so I just, I went on like full force and I went into my master's being like, I have this idea. I need to learn how to do it. I'm going to utilize the hell out of my two year program, ask as many questions, make as many connections. And I just like hit the ground running. Like everybody knew when I was in class, like I was asking questions for a reason because I wanted to start a charity in fashion. So that's, that's like amazing. the long winded answer. So when did you founded or when was it so let me see I graduated from FIT at 2012 I started Baruch that same year and by the time I graduated Baruch in 2014 because I did a full-time program Mm -hmm. I had a 501c3 charity like incorporated ready to go so I was like 23 ish I guess yeah so tell me about is what is the process of starting a charity like, is it, because like you said, first of all, I don't know anybody who has one or has started one and two, let alone, I don't know what the process is like. Like, yeah, I had no idea. Like I remember specifically Googling like, how to start a charity because mm-hmm. I didn't know who else to ask. And I also read a couple of books about like, 
like Tom's Shoes, because mm-hmm. that founder like started a feel-good company. Um, Adam Braun started Pencils of Promise. So I remember reading their books, and that was kind of like my guiding force. And then I started Googling, like, okay, what's the step? The first step was you have to incorporate as a corporation, not even as a nonprofit. So then I was like, okay, I have to find a lawyer, because I don't know how to do that. So then I Googled, like, Long Island lawyers, and I just started cold calling law, uh, law firms. And I got in touch with this guy named Tom, and he ended up being a partner at a really big law firm, and he donated his time and service and helped me incorporate. And then the next step was, okay, we have to become a nonprofit. Then you have to file like all new paperwork to become a nonprofit. But I remember going into my meeting with the lawyer and saying, like, I'm not an idiot. I know what I'm doing. I just need somebody to like guide me along. I'm in a master's program for this. And I think that's why he also helped me because I knew what I was doing. Like I remember filing the paperwork and being like, hey, can you look this over and make sure it's okay? So I feel like I was, I hate to say, like intelligent enough to learn along the way because I'm the one that did most of it on my own. Nobody did it for me. So that's amazing. Yeah. I Googled. Like I literally, everyone thinks it's super hard, but I think the first step is just like, Googling and don't be afraid to Google it. I totally agree. I mean, even starting this podcast, like I was like, how do I start a podcast? What are the equipment I need to get? How do I get on iTunes? Like everything's online. We are very mm-hmm. lucky in this day and age to have all the resources available to us because that obviously it wasn't the case back in the day. No, no. And I feel like everyone's scared to like cold call or and th- but that's how it all happens. Like if I would have never called the lawyer, maybe I wouldn't have gone forward because I would have gotten too like scared or worried or not knowing what to do. And everybody underestimates like the power of a cold email, the power of a cold call. And I think like statistically speaking, if you call like a hundred people, like at least one person's gonna call you back or answer yes. type of situation. Yep. So I was blessed and lucky though that it was like the first law firm that I called. Really? And I feel like that's why you are meant I, to do this. I know I look back at him and I actually like I'm still friends with Tom. I'm actually seeing him in a couple of weeks. And part of me thinks I got lucky, but part of me also thinks it was just like meant to happen, yeah. fate type of thing and it just worked. Yeah. So tell me more about the foundation. Like what exactly you guys have galas and like charitable events. Like yep. what is the scope of it, I guess? So the basis of it is basically we get designers to donate merchandise that they don't need anymore. Um, we then sell it in our showroom or on our online store. And between that and donations and fundraisers, we use the proceeds to buy school supplies for kids. Amazing. So it's like all these kind of different components put into one we're not like a typical charity where like we're asking people for you know twenty dollars or ten dollars we're asking people like shop if you just shop on our website that's actually helping it's you know it's donating money um so that's kind of like the scope of it and then the flip side of it from the charity side is we basically help local kids in new york so we work very closely with each school and i will say to each school like what do your kids need and they'll, each school will tell me something different. Um, we work with Brooklyn, Queens, Harlem, the Bronx, Manhattan, Long Island. And schools, like one school may ask us for art supplies for a classroom. And another school might ask us for books for a library. And another school asks us for gym equipment. So each school is very different. And something that I've stood by since day one is we never give them money. We actually purchase the supplies so we know exactly where the money is going the kids are getting exactly what they need 
and it kind of makes like that process complete of like people are supporting the fashion foundation and it's directly impacting local kids that's amazing thank you and then I don't really know what the structure of an organization like that is but how many people like I don't know if you want to say work for it but like Mm -hmm. run it I guess so I'm the only like full-time employee I have a ton of people that basically like support us with their time or energy I always have interns the interns are like my the backbone of this organization because they're the ones with me like in the office every day getting shit done then I also have a committee um of like usually between 10 and 20 people who have real full-time jobs but once a month after work we all come together to like plan our fundraisers and figure out donation days and logistically like where's the fast foundation going and what's our next step so everyone volunteers their time I feel like everyone thinks we're this like million dollar charity I think that would be great Mm -hmm. but it's actually like super super startup scrappy like never enough money never enough time never enough people helping super startup type of mode yeah well I hope like obviously this podcast and just like I think it's all about like word of mouth as well and just getting the word out right um so speaking of that what are your goals, I guess, for the foundation? Honestly, like lately, I take each day as it comes. Okay. The last couple of months have been really, really difficult for our organization. Um, we had like a couple setbacks. So at this point, I feel like I'm not planning five years ahead. I just wake up every morning and I'm like, what's going to happen today? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, where do we go next? And the last couple of weeks, there's been so many opportunities, like even being on this podcast, I was on a podcast with Ronita from Million Dollar Listing New York, like two weeks ago, we just launched our magazine with Melissa Gorga on the cover, like, oh, this I was going to ask you about week. that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the magazine. So we launched Resiled Magazine under the Fashion Foundation, which basically last year we were like, we have all these amazing like fashion pieces and we're not showcasing them well enough. So we were like, how do we kind of like show people what we have? And the idea of Restyled was born into like, okay, let's make people want to buy our merchandise because when you put it on a model, it looks a lot different than a mannequin. Um, Let's make it easy for people to shop. So our online version of our magazine, all somebody has to do is like click the picture and it will actually bring them to that piece on our site. So you're flipping through a magazine, but then you're also like clicking what you want. And we're also um, showcasing like, stories about what we do and we're telling people like you know about our donation days because we felt like Instagram is great and yes people look at that but in a magazine you actually get to like tell your story and somebody's looking at it in a different type of angle we also like to show influencers who support us and brands who support us and all these different types of things like in the Bash Foundation in one magazine is this digital or hard copy both we actually do both um because there's still something about, like, a hard oh, copy. Girl, I know. Me too. Right? I'm not even a fan of, like, audiobooks. Like, I need to, like, physically touch a book. Me too. Turn the page. Read yes. the letters. Yes. Me too. I There's just something yeah. about it. So we do both. Um, and, sorry, I don't know. Yeah. How often does it um, launch or run? So we launched it last May, just out of nowhere. Like, we didn't tell anybody. We didn't even tell, like, our followers. I don't even think I told my mom. I think I came home one day and I was like, hey, we made a magazine. Like, look how cool it is. That was last May, and then it blew up. Like, everybody was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, how different. So then we were like, oh, shit, like, we have to make another one. Like, we didn't even think about a second one. 
And then we started thinking about our second issue and our summer issue. And we ended up um, reaching out to Paige DeSorbo from Summer House on Bravo to be our cover star because we felt like Paige was perfect. Like she's so fashionable. She loves affordable fashion. She's so sweet and wholesome. And she said yes. And I was like, really? Like, really? Are you sure? So she was on it. And then again, like that issue, everybody was obsessed with it because now we had like an actual cover star and it that was in July that we launched it and then it kind of was like okay now we actually have to keep going with this like it's it's working mm-hmm. so then we launched a holiday issue and now we just launched a March issue so we're going on the track of like quarterly mm-hmm. distribution but again like I wake up every day and I'm like what happens next right and then where is this distributed so it's only on our website okay you can purchase a hard copy on our website which some people like it as like a coffee table book right because we call it a magazine but it's like a little bit of everything and it's actually like a conversation starter too it's so different like it's not it's not vogue but it's like a charity magazine I don't know there's something special about it but maybe I'm biased (laughs) um so people like it to like have on their coffee table we also give it to like salons and different people we just want people to see it right like we don't want to make money off of selling the magazine we want people to look at it and open it and be like oh my god I love that jacket I need that in my closet so we do it on our website and we just kind of send it out to people that's amazing yeah I love hearing that I feel like you're doing such amazing things thank Um, you so I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you what keeps you up at night. It sounds like you live a crazy schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can be related to your business and your foundation, but also anything, personal, social, whatever it is. And I asked this because I was telling you this off air that as New Yorkers or people just like running business in New York, we're constantly on the go. I already know you have like a million things lined up right <laughs> yes. after this. We're like on a time crunch. So... I just want to sit down now and just check in with you and be like, hey, what's up? And what's going on? Are you stressed about anything? Is anything bothering you? And if so, what is it? I love that because I feel like half my friends don't even check on me to be like, are you good? Yeah, And like, no, honestly, you know what I mean? I feel like people just say like, yes, I am or I'm not. Even if like we have the smallest things going on, it's always good just to have somebody to listen. Yes, I 100% agree. And I think, I mean, I think you can relate in the fact that like you are a public person and everybody sees your Instagram and you're like, Oh my God, your life is so great. Your life is so perfect. Like that's amazing. Good for you. Congratulations. But nobody's like, what did it take you to get there? Or like what happened to you yesterday? Like, I, I just think nobody asks those questions. Um, for me, what keeps me up at night a lot of times is, and I think it's for everybody is just like money. Like there's never enough money to like pay your bills, pay your rent, like, keep going but then I take a step back and I'm like okay it's not just me that's actually everybody every business like nobody wakes up in the morning and is like I have enough money mm-hmm. maybe Bill Gates but like <laughs> most people and most companies don't do that so then my next step is my next thought is like okay how do you make more money is that through the magazine is that through events is you know it's kind of like this circle mm-hmm. so I think that usually and also time for me because I feel like there's just never enough time in the day because I get pulled a million different directions. Like my favorite days a lot of the time are when I'm actually sitting in my office by myself, like in front of my computer, answering emails, getting stuff done. Today, it's like, okay, I'm driving to Brooklyn and then I have a meeting in um, 
Brooklyn Navy Yard and then I'm going to sleep Celine Dion. And I like, but that means that I'm not sitting in front of my computer getting stuff right. done. So t- I feel like time and money is like my mm-hmm. biggest thing. Um, so you think you have a healthy relationship with money though? Or is it mostly just because you know you're running a foundation, something beautiful, and obviously money is what's going to keep it running? Um, or is it deeper than that? And and because I know that some people might not have a healthy relationship with money, it might be a personal question, but I'm just curious to know what the relationship is that with with your business and the foundation? I feel like I do have a pretty good relationship with it because, and I used to get offended because I remember somebody called me scrappy and I was like, I'm not scrappy, like, ew. And then I realized like, wait, no, scrappy is good, especially in a business. Like you have to be scrappy. You can't spend money lavishly because if you do, that's less money that you can actually put into like things you need. So I feel like I am scrappy, like, I'll go to the dollar store and buy my post-its before I spend seven dollars. Right here, girl. Yes. <laughs> like I'm not spending seven dollars at Staples on post-its. Like I'll go to the dollar store. So I feel like I'm pretty good with stuff like that. But like food is the enemy. I feel oh, like I, I spend all my money on food. I know that's like New York. I feel like it's food and rent. Like, yes, literally. Yes, and that's it. So <laughs> yeah. that's why I have to go to the dollar store to buy my post-its. Yeah, that's probably makes sense. Um, so this podcast is called The City Confessions, and the whole point is because I have my guests come here and share the, their story and what they do, and obviously what keeps them up at night, talking a little bit more deeper. And then I ask, um, what is your confession? And this is not like a like religious type of <laughs> situation. Um, I guess you can say it's kind of like a therapy session, but I ask because I feel like I had this moment where I feel like everybody holds something inside, whether it's a dark secret, um, something from the past, something that's like currently, you know, following up. But I feel like confession is also just like, I just want to release this into the universe so I can almost be free. Right. And a confession can be something serious. And I've had guests come and like literally pour their heart out. And I've had guests only like scratch the surface. And that's totally fine because you don't know me. And I want you to be like comfortable. Um, so if you were to like complete the sentence of like my confession is, what would that be? Okay, I've been thinking about the whole time you've been talking. <laughs> okay, but honestly, I think my confession is like, I'm just trying to make it. And I always say that like, that's going to be the title of my book, like just trying to make it. Because kind of like how I touched before everybody sees the outside and they're like oh my god your life and your business and your foundation is so perfect but nobody sees like the daily struggle of every day I'm just trying to be like okay can I make it like am I there yet like I'm not there yet I want to be like rich and famous like waiting for Bravo to call me and be like here's your tv show like we are obsessed with you because my life is like a crazy crazy day every single day so I feel like legit my confession is like I'm just trying to make it or make it big mm-hmm. and I'm not there yet and how the fuck do I get there <laughs> so you think that um people think you have this your life together because of what you showcase or is it because you just personally don't share as much of the struggles I think it's a little bit of both because you, you always put the good stuff on social media and I've been trying to showcase more about like okay tomorrow is going to be a really great day on Instagram, but I want you guys to know that today was very difficult. And like, this is why I'm not one to like pour my heart out, but I will tell people like, it's a struggle to get here. Um, So I think it's like a little bit of both, but also when I take the step back and I see what people are seeing from the outside, like Melissa Gorga on our fourth issue of a magazine is like a big, big deal. In my mind, 
it is and it isn't because like I'm the one that goes through those motions every day to get there. But then from the outside, everyone just sees me posting a picture of the magazine and they think it's amazing, but nobody sees the hard work behind the scenes. And it's like, how do you even show people that? Mm-hmm. And I don't think some people care half the time about like the hard work or right. the struggles behind it. So what in the last week, what, what are, what has been your like property struggles? Um, one would be launching the magazine because the night before I went to a Broadway show, which I shouldn't have done it because like Diana on Broadway, it was so good. So, so good. And like, I should have said no to that night because we launched the magazine the next day. So like that night I had such anxiety because I was like, Oh my God, by 12 PM tomorrow, everything for our magazine has to be ready. And the next morning I had to wake up early and literally didn't finish the work for it until 11.59 and we launched at 12. (laughs) That's a stressor. Um, And then just kind of like maintaining a schedule this week is just a crazy week. So I have to kind of realize that my stress is going to be not sitting in an office. It's going to be PR type stuff, like Mm -hmm. getting the word out. Um, What day is it? Thursday? Like I'm trying to think of what else. I know. I I don't even know what day it is. Remember my week, honestly. Yeah. No, that's fine. Oh, and then I'm like hosting a party in the showroom tomorrow, like a shopping party. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there, there's just like never a dull moment. Yeah. So I feel like every day there's like a stressor. Right. And so you think the concept of balance exists or is it just this foreign thing that we're always trying to achieve, but it's just not even possible? I don't know. I feel like I semi-balance because I'm really big on like sleep and life balance because I feel like if you don't get enough sleep, like you cannot balance your life. And I think everyone thinks I sleep like three hours a night. It's actually the opposite. Every night, no matter what, I sleep eight hours. That's amazing. Every single That's night. That's like a rare case. I know. I know. And like, I would say 95% of the year, I sleep eight hours a night. Wow. Yeah. I used to get like sick a lot though, because I was just going, going, going all the time. Like when I started everything, girl. Yeah. And it took me a really long time to realize like your body is getting sick a lot because you're not taking care of like that sleep part of it. So every night I set my alarm clock for exactly eight hours later from when I go to sleep. So if I fall asleep at three in the morning, I will set my alarm clock for 11 o'clock the next day, that's whether it's amazing. a Tuesday, Saturday. Yeah. So that's like my deep, dark confession. <laughs> um, that's a good confession. It's good though, but I genuinely think that eight hours like recharges my body 100%. every single night so that I can get that like balance yeah but then other things also slip because they're like okay well I didn't get everything I needed to get done today because I need my eight hours of sleep so I feel like I'm balancing literally the struggle of life right yes (laughs) I don't think you can balance at all yeah at the end of the day but I think you prioritize I think like every single day like you said since you take it every day at a time you wake up you see what your priorities are some things are going to take a back seat and then the next day, you might bring that whatever was in the backseat back, you know, as a priority. Mm-hmm. So it's always like this, like juggling game. Exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's like crazy. I want to talk more, but I know you're like this ran a time crunch. Like I'm just so grateful for you to be here. And speaking of like time and and, and like the value of time, um, I do want to take a moment now just to like be present with you and like acknowledge your presence and what you're doing. I think it's truly, truly, truly amazing. I don't think a lot of people can even say like they're doing good in the world. And I've had this moment too, when I'm like getting older (laughs) and trying to find my purpose in life. And I always think like the people, I always admire those who want to know their purpose, but who are actually giving back and actually making a difference. Right. And yes, you might be struggling. There might be bumps along the way, but at the end of the day, I'm sure when you go to sleep, you must be 
well, first of all, you already sleep well because you get eight hours, (laughs) but you must feel so good about yourself. You know what I mean? So I just want to like, thank you for sharing your story. I know it was really quick, but I'm just grateful that the last 25 minutes, I even had you here to share your story. Well, I'm like super grateful to be here and tell people because I feel like when people hear about what I do and what we do, like it's very relatable and it's anybody can support and anybody can actually make a difference with the Fash Foundation. Like if you need a new top to go out next week, like consider shopping at the Fash Foundation, you're going to buy a shirt anyway. So why not buy it and like help us give back? And it's not expensive. Like there's items on our website for, I think like $3 or $4. And then obviously it goes up the more expensive it gets, but anybody can make a difference very easily and effortlessly at the Fashion Foundation. That's amazing. And the showroom is in New York, correct? Yes, we have a showroom in New York City. So can people actually come and shop there? Yep, it's by appointment only. So if anybody goes to our website and they click on a link, you can make an appointment. And it's like, it feels like a store, but also like very homey and very comfortable. And I feel like so many people like love coming into our showroom. I need to visit. Yes, yes, we have to. Midtown West. Okay. So it's like super convenient. Um, and like super affordable. We have more stuff in the showroom that's not on our website. So there's like something for everyone in there. Amazing. So it's March right now. It's my last question for you. I know mm-hmm. you have to go. No, um, what are like, what should people be looking out for you from you? Yes. Good question. Um, so we have an annual pink party. That's like our spring fundraiser. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. It's like everyone dresses in like pink or white. Um, that's probably going to happen in June. We're like planning it right now. Um, the magazine just came out yesterday, so there's like a lot of hype around the magazine. Um, what else? Oh, the end of the school year is always really big for us because it's like the people think that it's like back to school is a busy season, but also end of school because we do a lot of like field days for kids and the weather's nicer, so we give back a lot during the springtime and summertime. And honestly, with the Fashion Foundation, you never know what's gonna <laughs> pop up next. Like half the time, I don't know what's gonna right. pop up next, so it's like the best way to kind of stay in the know is like follow us on Instagram because we're always posting like when we get new designer donations, when our fundraisers are, what we're doing that day, like if we're at a school. So I feel like Instagram is like the best way mm-hmm. to follow us. Yeah. I'll leave all the information yes. in the description. One more question before we leave. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the one thing you love most about yourself? Because I'm all about positivity. And when you leave this apartment, you need to feel great. So Tell me what it is. That's such a hard question. No, it cannot be. You must have like a whole list. Okay. I have to say, I feel like my whole life is like work, but I feel like that's like my baby. Like not, most people can't get up in the morning and be like, I'm going to start something. Like everybody kind of flakes out with it. And I feel like that's kind of like my drive. And I feel like I have good drive. And a lot of people ask me like business questions and entrepreneur questions and founder and female founder questions. And I feel like, that's so important to me because it means that I literally worked from zero. Like I started this in a basement with one clothing rack, no money. I don't come from money. Nobody helped me. Like literally no funding, nothing. I deposited $5 into a bank account when I started. So my work ethic and my drive, I feel like that's one thing that like I ha- I love about myself. Yeah. I love hearing that. And I hope people who are listening to this are like inspired and like always like motivated to do something with their lives, right? Because I feel like it's one thing to listen and be inspired, but it's another thing to take that, take that energy and take that inspiration and actually utilize that and put it into motion. Yeah, because everybody says they want to start something, want to do it, and then they never do it. And like, just my advice to everyone is like, go do it. Like, you don't have to quit your job. I'm not saying that, but like, if you have a passion project, like just start it Mm -hmm. and see where it takes Mm -hmm. you. And if it doesn't, that's fine. But 
don't be that person that says they want to do something and then never do it because like that's we hear it all the time like with Lely's a regret and I think that's what sets separates between people honestly successful people and unsuccessful people it's just that one factor yep take the risk and just do it 100% and with that being said um we are going to wrap this podcast up I hope you guys enjoy this episode thank you so much Amanda for coming on and stay tuned for the next one guys bye Thank you.